Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Deep Cuts. Uh, it's a whole new week, new uh, two new guests for this week. Uh, today is Brian Dezen from Provada Cigar Club, so I'm looking so uh, forward to speaking to him. Um, we've spoken over email before, but this will be the first time that we've really had a live where we get to kind of interact uh, live, so <laughs> it'll be completely different. So let me bring up our guests. Brian Desen, how are you? What's up, Antoine? How are you? It's good. It's been a while. I know we were we swapped messages and we uh, a few text messages and a phone call here or there. So I'm happy to kind of see you and be able to interact live for once. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So I want to thank you for coming on today. And it's my pleasure. You've, uh, I think you're one of the, the probably the most interesting people because you, you come from outside of the cigar industry. So you don't usually, you don't have that same story as most of the people that I interact with. So I'm looking forward to kind of sharing with uh, people that story and then getting into some, I guess you could say hot topics of the month, which okay. uh, I'm sure will be fun for a lot of people. So just before we get into like all the hot topics, could you just give us like a little intro to you? Like, what did you do before you got into the cigar industry and then kind of what led you here to where you are now with Provada Cigar Club? Yeah. So uh, I started out, uh, I guess at about 13, 14 years old, I started recording music. Um, I've worked with some legendary people in the industry. Uh, I spent the next 17 years of my life until about like 31, 32, something like that. Uh, and then I just got out of music cold turkey uh, moved down to Florida, went to Miami first, uh, became a chauffeur because I had a problem working for other people. So it was like, there's no boss in the car with you. Um, and so I, um, then got into auto transport brokerage, which is basically helping people get their car shipped from point A to point B. And I tried to like revolutionize that industry. And I definitely had an impact on that industry. Um, it's an easy industry to have an impact on. Uh, it's there's just very little out of the box. There's very little multimedia. There's very little. So um, uh, ultimately, though, that is a cash business, which makes it very archaic. So people don't want change because they don't want to change from the things that you know attract them to that business. And so it was hard for um, for me to do the things I wanted to do in that business. Uh, nonetheless, I did very well with it, and uh, I was a sneaker collector most of my life. Collector, I mean, some guys are so crazy into this now that, like, calling myself a collector is like, <laughs> but I loved sneakers. I loved, I had, you know, probably 40, 30, 40 pairs, you know, and, um, and uh, I was sitting in a cigar lounge one day working for my computer, and someone uh, at uh, Tampa Humidor brought out a box of Las Calaveras 2014. The guy was like, yo, these are like, these are the cigar right now. They're limited edition. And, um, you know, if you don't buy a box now, you're not going to be able to get them again. So uh, I went and bought a box and uh, that started my collecting. So I started out as a cigar collector. I read every article I could. I read every book I could. I learned as much as I could about tasting cigars, uh, about making cigars and, um, you know, I started to kind of get my bearings and um, we were my when I, I met my wife, long story short, we end up in Pennsylvania in a 6,000 square foot home. 
I had a hookup with a wholesale situation and I started collecting like crazy. I had like basically like the, the, the size of a kid's room filled to the brim with cigar boxes. So, and then we ended up moving back to LA. So we moved from a 6,000 square foot home that we were flipping to a 650 square foot apartment. And I had to get rid of these cigars, tried to get rid of the cigars. No one put any value on any of the cigars that I did. Uh, it was very heartbreaking. Uh, so I figured if I'm going to sell these cigars at what I felt was a discount, which really wasn't a discount, but if, I, if I'm going to sell these cigars at, you know, MSRP, I at least want people to know what they're getting. And so that's how the Provada Cigar Club started with the write-ups on the three cigars, story, tasting notes, pairing notes, you know, that whole thing. And, and um, I guess it was just, you know, timing was right. And it was the right product in the right place at the right time because, you know, the market really opened up to it. And, you know, here we are four years later, we've got the largest subscription, you know, in uh, cigars. Uh, we've got the most legendary community in cigars ever, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, you know, we're, we're the next generation of this industry, you know, and I pinch myself every day, like, like thinking that how, how we did this in four, four years and a couple of months, I, I don't know, uh, other than the fact that it's obviously, you know, the people, the members of Pravada that are, you know, so active and it's just, you know, it's great to be here. So that's my story. In a so, nutshell, you talked about coming from it from the perspective of being a collector. So, um, I think that's definitely interesting because I know a lot of people who kind of come into this industry. So you came in, you had a problem, a personal problem, which was you, you had to get rid of these cigars yeah. um, because you just didn't have room for them. So I think that's interesting too, because usually when people start a business, you know, they're trying to solve an industry problem. Has that kind of changed for you now that you've, obviously you've moved past your problem. Provada's here is, you know, very popular. Are you trying to, what problem would you say you're trying to solve now? Well, I don't think that, first of all, I think we're not trying to anymore. We solved the problem. There, there was an obvious problem in this industry that no one really took into account of. Neither did I. So that's where the luck plays a role. I had no idea that this creating experience out of cigars, this is not a commodity to me. This is not something that should be commoditized. The people who make these things should not be negotiated to the point where they can't make anything on it. The, the, the people who make these things should be looked at as artists and artisan craftsmen and craftspeople, craftswomen. Um, that's my approach. And so there was this whole next kind of group of cigar smokers out there that wanted to get into cigars, but they wanted more experience out of the cigar. They didn't just want to sit down and smoke another cigar, you know? Um, and so that obviously solved the problem without those, the write-ups, me trying to explain to you why you should value this cigar solved the problem without me knowing it. So, so that was the problem. Now, I wouldn't say we're solving a problem. I'd say what we're doing is we're shining light on the people that actually make the products. We are um, creating this online community of people that are actually becoming friends in real life and online. And 
we're all kind of sharing these experiences. So it's very much like Netflix in that sense where, you know, you could meet someone who's a complete stranger. And like, if they're watching Ozark at the same time, you're watching Ozark, like we got a lot to talk about. (laughs) And and so that's Pravada. It's, you know, getting 10,000 people, 8,000, 9,000 people just in one club, by the way, uh, together, getting them the same three cigars each month, and then letting them get together online and share that experience. That's part of it too. <laughs> it's probably the biggest part of it. I, I don't know. Um, and then the other thing is, is we don't want, you know, I mean, this has happened in every industry, craft beer. We don't want the same thing over and over and over again. We want to experiment. We want to have fun. We want to do different things. We want different art. We want, you know, we want new experiences all the time, you know? So yeah, and what you mentioned is, I know from working on a story um, about you and your rise in the industry, you were talking about how you were trying in the beginning to communicate the stories of these different cigars because you knew that that's where the value was. It wasn't in just the wrapper binder filler. It was, here's the story. But it's so weird to me that in the industry right now, you don't always hear that story being told. It's always the wrapper binder filler. That's that's very there's a reason for that, Antoine, and that's because most people don't know how to tell the story. So we're dealing with we're dealing with utilitarian businessmen in this industry. We're dealing with people who either can make this product or have a close contact that can make this product. We're not dealing with people who are storytellers. Typically, at best, we were faced with the uh rick rodriguez style uh sales rep that can go into a shop and put on a show and tell a story there uh shout out to rick he just retired guy's a legend um but that was about as good as it got there's really uh maybe um uh um uh fuente um i'm so bad with first names bro but uh you know um for, you know, Arturo, uh, uh, the, the son, the, the guy that I've been doing. Uh, what, what's his name? Who? Carlito. Carlito. So like Carlito Fuente, he had a little of both. He actually made the product and he can go in and put on that show. But they weren't making phys- tangible content that you could grab onto. And, you know, like you put me on Carlito's team for two weeks that that whole thing will be i mean you think they're sold out now forget it i mean if i with the with the actual content that a company like that has and a person like that has like with my creative writing and uh ways of displaying that stuff in video forget about it and by the way antoine i think it's important to note that i always thought that provada was going to be again remember i didn't realize the problem we were solving I actually thought the real problem that I was solving was marketing for brands. I actually thought Provada was going to be something that eventually brands would just give me the cigars for free and pay or just pay or what, you know, what is some sort of situation there because of the promotion that it would be for their brand. It's definitely different. I think like when I look at you, I think that you're probably very good at marketing, like you said, and telling the story 
and building hype for it. And that's kind of hard to do for a cigar product because you can love the product, but you just, like I said, I think there's some people who probably maybe they don't care as much about the story, but the story makes it stand out between two different brands. When those people who like Matt Booth, for example, when he can come and he tells you why he got into the industry and he comes up with these creative different names for it, it's a diff the, the band tells a story, everything about, you know, is, is well thought out. And then how he rolls it out, it's, it's not the particular, the same rollout yeah. that a lot of companies yeah. use. That's different. And that makes, for me, people connect with the stories more so than they just connect with, you know, here's a new product, buy it. Because it's like, why? <laughs> right. 100%, man. Um, and Matt's a great example. I think Matt, what, what Matt brings to the table isn't necessarily the story. He brings the, uh, he brings a coolness to it. He brings his personality to it. And he also brings a brand, a level of branding to it. That's very intriguing. Um, and then he, as a person, it seems to uh, attract good people. You know, people like Matt, they want to smoke his product. You know, there's a couple, there's a, like a, like he's, he's not polarizing, but there, there are, I've, I've heard through the LCA, like, Oh no, I won't. And then, you know, there's some shots that he won't want us to send this up, but like for the most part, like if you know Matt, you love him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, when I told somebody that I was getting ready to interview you, you know, one of their questions that they had for you was, they said, I would love to hear somebody that Brian admires in the industry. Like, like somebody that you just, I guess, I don't want to say idolize, but someone that you look at in the industry and you're like, wow, you know, you, you really respect what they do. Is there somebody? Oh my God. There's, there's so many of them. Um, but I think it starts with uh, AJ Fernandez. It goes over to the Aroa family, uh, Christian and uh, and uh, Justo and Junto. Um, it goes over to uh, Chico Rivas, Eladio Diaz, uh, 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 Hugo uh, over at Raices Cubanos, um, um, uh, uh, Santana from De Crossier. Uh, uh, Eric Espinosa. People don't understand who. People don't understand Eric's role in this industry, man. Like Eric is is I consider him like my cigar big bro, or like my cigar cousin. Like you know what I mean. Um, without him, I don't think Provada would be where it is. Um, Matt also looked out in the beginning, took a chance on us. Uh, Ernesto Padilla. I mean, these are all people that bring things to the table in a certain way. I put AJ at the top of the list only because I've, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do what he's done in any industry. I mean, this is, if this was, you know, car manufacturer or something else, like he would, there would be movies about this man. And I, and I, I do want to do film on him and stuff. Um, but this is a guy who came from nothing with nothing and has built himself up to be basically one of the top manufacturers in our industry, maybe the top. And I've never seen a factory that can pump out 35 million cigars a year and every single one of them are bangers. I'm, I'm not kidding you. You might not like one or two, but dude, let me, let me tell you another thing about AJ. The thing with AJ is, and this is what I love doing with, with the, with the, the blenders and the, and the manufacturers is I love, I can curse on here, right? Yeah. I, I love fucking people's heads up. I love getting something that 
you know, these these blenders, they come from an old world mentality. So like AJ cigars still to this day selling for like under $8 in some cases. These are cigars. You put a different band on that cigar, you could sell it for $14 with the right packaging and it's better than anything else out there. So, you know, AJ just made me a, a program um, that the industry is going to absolutely hate. And honestly, I probably, between you and me, wouldn't have put it out, but I already paid for the packaging. We did this a year ago. The cigars are done. Like, I'm not going to stop now just because a few of the old guard think that I'm bad for the industry. I wasn't mentioned in the report. No one's on to me. As long as, as long as Half Wheel and whoever else is on that side stops writing about this stuff, they will never know about it. That article was one of the worst thing they could have possibly done for this industry. No one knew about the cookie. No one knew about any of that stuff. So, you know, you guys are calling the cops on our own party. Maybe we brought some, you know, illegal substance in. <laughs> but, you know, don't call the cops, guy, because we're all going to get in trouble. Like, stop that. You know what I mean? So, um, so I have this thing called the dailies. And I asked AJ, I said, listen, man. I said, I need something that's that I can price like yours, you know? So I don't want to use the word cheap, but I asked him, I need some, look, I'm buying all these things from you and I don't negotiate with you. That's another thing, Antoine. I don't negotiate with these people. The price is what you tell me it is. Bring me samples. Bring me samples. Let me and my people try them. And you tell me what the price is. I don't negotiate. I don't do that shit. I'm not here to sell $7 cigars. I'm here to make masterpieces, okay? But... I do need to hook my people up and I do have probably 20% of provider members that are on hard down on their luck, COVID, all this stuff. Okay. And so they don't have $10 of cigars. So I was looking to make something in the more the $7 range, which is very hard to do if it's going to be good. And I mean, the stuff, I just got this stuff and it's like, these cigars are as good as anything. It's like he, the guy doesn't know how to make a bad cigar, you know? And I, I truly feel like maybe there's certain wrapper relief that he probably uses on what he would call the good stuff. But, dude, sometimes I like his lesser priced stuff better than I like his more. So it's it, it's really it's really phenomenal. The discipline the man has and, and all that stuff like it's crazy, um, you know, it, what, what he's done. So so I say that I also, you know, mentioned a few other people um, that are, you know, self-explanatory. The Aroas, I mean, they built up you know, um, Camacho to what it is, sold it. Look what Davidoff has done with Camacho. Turned it into a bargain brand that, honestly, no one's really looking for. <laughs> you know what I mean? These were the best cigars out there. That 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 Eroa Corojo, how do you let that go? That's, that's where the, the corporate thing. So we're so far away from that. I'm about shining a light on, you know, the best of the best. And how do I know what the best of the best is? Well... I read a lot and now I sit with a lot of people and I ask them, let me tell you a funny thing about master blenders. They all hate each other's work. <laughs> they do. They all hate each other's work. Unless one of them taught the other one how to do what they do. They, so if I hand this blender, a cigar from that blender and I tell him this is, from so-and-so they'll smoke it oh no it's not that's not right it doesn't have enough body it doesn't and you could do this on and on and on with every blender that comes to my house i give them a cigar oh no 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 it's to the point where i'm seriously considering giving some of these guys their own cigar 
just to, without a band on it, just to see what they say about it. Because everything you hand them that they didn't make, they're always like, oh, no, 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 this isn't this isn't good. It's missing this or it's missing that. So I guess uh, I don't I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm kind of off on a tangent, <laughs> but um, that I, I I study this game like very few people have, you know, and I, I think um, I think Charlie Minato. Uh, and the half wheel crew have studied this game like that, you know. Um, I think uh, some of the guys at Aficionado that are pretty much, I mean, they're pretty much retired. Let's be honest, um, you know, have have studied the game like that. They didn't nerd out as much or geek out as much on the details. They got bigger picture stories, which was really cool. Um, but half wheel geeked out on the finer details. So I know who. And, and then and then so I take all this knowledge and then, you know, AJ comes to my house or Chico comes to my house or, you know, uh, 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 you know, people I can't even name. I got people coming to my house right now uh, uh, that I can't even name them because of contracts and legalities and people waiting on checks from people that are holding money back. And, you know, I mean, there's so much stuff. But all I can tell you is, is that we're with the best of the best of the best. And uh, we got here because. I read the right things originally, and then I asked the right questions. You know, well, what about this factory? I heard they used to have this kind of tobacco. Is that true? Yeah, that's true, but it's only because of this one guy. And you know what? I can hook you up with that guy because he had a non non compete, and it's almost up. Let me matter of fact. Let me hook you up. And so I go from place to person. I got guys that I've been bothering for cigars that are long out of the business. Tony Barani. You know, people like that. I'm after this guy, Don Douglas, who like put uh, Costa Rica on the map. He's like nowhere to be found. I, I'm, 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 I'm a hunter in this game. You know what I mean? Obviously, you can, people can obviously see your passion, which I think is great because yeah. I think you have to have passion sure. to kind of be in this industry. Um, it, otherwise, it just doesn't work. Sure. Um, taking a step back, when you look at, because I, like I said, at the beginning, I think you're really good at marketing and really getting that message across to a, a wider audience. And obviously you're telling the story in a completely different way than a lot of people. I mean, I've worked in traditional magazines and how we tell a story is completely different from how you tell a story. Yes. Yeah. Audiences, you have to understand, you know, I think you understand your audience. What have you kind of learned about marketing? And like you talked about the importance of storytelling. What have you kind of learned about storytelling and how to tell that story in an effective way for today's audience for today's yeah so so this is all this is this is 17 years of sitting in studios writing songs that's where it really comes from then it was the last five years of it with social media creating videos for the songs writing ideas for videos for the songs sitting with directors that make music videos sitting with photographers that do album covers, you know, uh, running around New York. I mean, New York, New York City was was my playground. Like I was very, very well known. I probably got the furthest out of anybody that I know in the music business without actually making it to hit single. OK, um, and so. Manhattan and all that stuff like that was my 
I knew I would know someone. Oh, this person's doing that. Okay, let me go over here. Hey, can you get me in with you know Diddy for this or you know and and these these connections would happen. And so I'm watching. I'm I'm in. I thought it was all an epic fail. By the way, I left that business with a broken heart. Uh, you know, damn near mental breakdown. Uh, drug addicted. Totally fucked up from that industry. Okay, and you see what happens when you make it. You get even worse. These people are all nuts. It's a terrible terrible business. Um, but I thought it was all for nothing. And so I was like, man, I just wasted a lot of time. I'm in my thirties. Now the people that, you know, I never, I never went to college or anything. Like the people that I go, you know, they are a step ahead of me. Anyway, turns out this was the best business school I could have ever gone to. I got the best education in what was to come. Uh, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm ahead of the curve by a few months. I'm, I've always been that way. I've always been just a little bit ahead of the curve. Not like to the point where I'm genius level cool hunter. Just I can see a little bit around the corner and know, okay, this isn't popping anymore. I know enough not to jump on TikTok. Everyone's telling me, oh, you got to get on TikTok. No, 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 no. It's not going to. I just, I seem to have a good intuition for these things. What I did with my marketing was mash up. You know what I mean? I market like a starving artist. I market like a musician. I market like uh, uh, a wannabe uh, uh, music uh, video director. That's how I market. I mash up social media. Um, what I didn't know uh, how to do was build community because I was an egotistical idiot that, you know, probably uh, even though I always felt like I was doing music to like give back somehow. I, I still, when you're in that mode and you think you're, you know, going to be a superstar, you're, you're, the, the ego is on is on ten, and you know when it when it all fell down, uh, my ego was destroyed, and uh, I saw an opportunity with Pravada as it was coming up, where people would come to me and be like, "Yo, you just made my whole week, man. You just made my month, yo." Getting the Pravada box is like my favorite day of the month. Yo, people are miserable sometimes. And sometimes it's the little things in life that make them happy. And when I saw that, that this could bring joy to people's lives, I said, shit, maybe this was my calling. And I went head on into that. And Antoine, I'm telling you right now, no matter how much someone in this industry hates me, they'll never, ever, ever take the time. If they already are used to making money a certain way, they will never, ever take the time. I know my members, man. And any of my members that want to get to know me, you email me, you know, you're going to get to know me. Like, we're going to get to know each other. We're going to see each other somewhere. Like, things are going to happen. Like, you know, the Lou Liga Pravada Lounge in Philly. Like, no one else would have done that. You know what I mean? But I kept telling Lou, as much as a pain in the ass as you are, you need your own shop. You got to get out of working for other people. And so when he left, I called him up. I said, bro, this is the time. Let's get it together. Get it together. You know, and he ran with it, found and you know, did what he needed to do, got money and, 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 and made it happen. So, you know, I'm in touch with these people. These are my friends. I love them. I, I dedicate my working hours to them, you know, which are pretty many hours. It's more than 40 hours a week. I'll say that. And I'm, and I'm dedicated. I want to impress them. I'm looking at them like I look at my family, like I, I want to bring you back that bone. You know what I mean? I want to bring you back that thing that's going to make you go, you know what? I knew I was right about Brian. I knew I was right about Pravada. Those are the cigars 
that I'm looking to bring you guys. The shit you can't get anywhere else because I hunted down this old world, old school, you know, it was done 15 years ago. It hasn't been done again, that kind of thing. Coming from the music industry and coming into the cigar industry, what has surprised you the most about the industry now that you're kind of, well, you're not kind of, you are part of it. So what has surprised you the most about being part? I don't of feel, I, I don't always feel like I'm part of it, Antoine. Uh, I, I, I feel like that. there was the industry before Pravada and I feel like there's Pravada. I feel like we're kind of a separate entity um, for better or for worse. And, and I'm not saying that to rebel against anyone. I'm just saying I've never felt like a, everyone's always been like, what is this guy doing? And I've been like, I don't know what I'm doing, but it's not what you're doing. And uh, but we can coexist. And I even want to add value to your brand. Um, the thing that surprised me most, I won't say here because I don't want to disrespect anyone or the way that they feed their family. You know, I think that there are a lot of things that would make the a true cigar head very disappointed if they got to pull the curtain back a little bit, which mm -hmm. I'm sure you have pulled some of the curtains back and maybe you kind of know what I mean. Um, although you're not in the manufacturing side of things like, you know, there have been some things that I've been like, what? Well, I, but I thought, it, you know, like that kind of thing where I went from fan to, <laughs> kind of like to the, the Wizard of Oz kind of thing. Hundred and ninety nine percent. So, yeah, so I really can't answer that question. Right. Well, I respect that. I think that's a good enough answer. Like, like I said, if people watch the Wizard of Oz. Or, you know, earlier today when I was thinking about this interview, I was thinking that you kind of remind me of uh, Sister Act. You know, I think you're Mary Clarence. Like you're coming in and the church is, has always, the choir has always sung in a, a certain way. Right. The superior is watching over this choir and they put you and they say, you know, come in, do your thing. And then you do your thing. And then maybe you're doing it from a completely different perspective. Yeah. You know, you're bringing a Reno if, Mary Clarence, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, and doing it differently, and people were just like, "Oh my gosh!" I mean, I think yeah. it's like a, a culture shock because yeah, it's different, and I don't think it's necessarily it's not bad. It's just a different way of doing business, and I mean, well, any industry has different ways of doing business. It, it's great in some ways, you know. Like I've always felt one of the things that surprised me is when they they oh, oh, when these the kind of old guard will call them hate on me. I'm like, guys, I feel like this was getting dusty. Like, you know, but you, you should probably be thanking me for, you know, kind of bringing some new life into this. Um, but, you know, I can also see their point of view. I, I, I do like to, I don't, I'm not, um, that's where like losing that ego thing. Like, of course, everyone has ego to a degree, but I'm able to sit here and look at a video that I made or a statement that I made and go, was I right? I felt like I was right at the time, but was I right? Uh, what do they call that? Critical thinking. I'm really big on critical thinking. And let me tell you, anyone watching this, if you want to be, be a smart person in life, not necessarily intelligent, but smart, learn how to be a critical thinker and know that you're not always right just because you think you are and be willing to accept when you're not right and be willing to most importantly, understand other people's point of view. Like I said, there are a few products that will come out that honestly, Antoine, I'm not gonna pull the plug on them and lose you know, 
all the packaging and all that stuff. I wanted to share this with my people. They're excited about it. We're still kind of under the radar when, you know, the stuff that's going to go in boxes on shelves, I'll stand by that, you know, but some of my little things here and there are going to be stuff that will upset them. But, you know, the truth is, man, we have a first, uh, first amendment in this country. And, you know, uh, I'm tired of, I I'd rather be a lion for a day than a lamb that lives forever. Don't give me this bullshit that we're, oh, we're, self-policing because it's gonna if we try, shh, don't don't make too much noise because then no 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 no, no. We're, we're giving you five million dollars a year to do that no 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 we got to have a conversation and figure this shit out like I, I i'm i'm you know i'm dedicating my life to this is this gonna be you're telling me this could be pulled out from us in in six months just because you know some guy puts out a a, a thing that looks like gum or something come on man like we, we, this is, there's a, there's a lot, this is a very dynamic, dynamic situation. So I want to play ball, but at the same time, um, my people want certain things and I feel like, you know, there's gray area and, and we do operate there sometimes, but it's not like appalling or anything like that. All the products are sold in places where you have to be 21 and over to go into. And by the way, what kid or even teenager wants to go? I don't even want to go into half of these cigar shops that are out there. Okay. And that's part of the reason why online is killing it is because people don't want to go into these places. You walk in, there's no air ventilation. You stink from it, the whole deal. So we're trying to use the LCA to tell these, these shop owners, hey, look, you can get a whole new layer of customer, but you got to you know, you got to maneuver a little bit differently. Things have to change a little bit. Otherwise, and, and, and that's the part that kills me is like with the Limited Cigar Association, like that there would be any resistance to this, right? Because they're like the store, the shop owners in the beginning were like, hey, you're an internet company. Why would you, why would you make a product and only sell it at my shop? That doesn't make sense. What's the catch? It was always, what's the catch? What's going on? What are you trying to pull here? Okay. But the truth is they've been making their bread and butter on products that are put out by a company that wants to destroy them. Okay. Mm -hmm. The big company, we don't have to name names. There's one or two of them, but the big company that owns the other big company that makes all the products that the big company sells they're putting you out of business. If you're a brick and mortar, carrying those products is the fastest way for you to go out of business. And this is their bread and butter because that's what the market knows because that's who's been paying the $190,000 a year to advertise in Cigar Aficionado and everywhere else. But that's what's happening because they're going to open Home Depot around the corner from you. And we saw what happened to Joe's Hardware when Home Depot opened. And they're opening them slowly, okay? But every time you buy that product, you're fueling the same company. So, yeah, I understand people were suspect of LCA at first, but now they know our true intention. And our true intention is to create community in mom and pop shops because I just believe it's cooler that way. But we do have to change a little bit. We do have to get better ventilation. We do have to create a friendlier environment, you know, friendlier sales reps, that kind of thing. Now, earlier this month, this NASA report came out, which was the big talk of the industry, everybody was like, what's this report going to say? What's it going to, what's it going to contain? And I know you got caught up in the whole drama of the, <laughs> the anticipation. I think it was just a lot of people were just 
one this big question marks of what's going to happen. What when I'm sure you read the report. When you looked at the report, what were your thoughts? Yeah. So after reading the report, it was the first time in my life. And of course, I knew the word my whole life. I've heard the word my whole life. But it was the first time that I ever understood what the word bureaucratic meant. Okay. This is the national association of science is that it Na nasa national association of science or national science association Nas i think nas national association <laughs> yeah okay this is the national association of science they did no fucking science where's the science i was i was wait i've done more science than the national association of science has done you know i've tested tobacco multiple times as an inhalable in multiple laboratories i've figured out what it's high in, okay? I've then gotten my blood work done after smoking the cigars that were higher in certain things to see if it enters the bloodstream, which it does not. They didn't do any of that. I even called them to help them out with the thing. I wanted to give them my results. They said, don't do that because if you give us your results and the, the, the outcome is negative, we have to name you and your industry will think that you're a, you know, a pariah or whatever, okay? <laughs> Where was the science? They just, it was, it's, they're playing hot potato. Now, is that because, you know, lobbying firms or whatever are paying people to play hot potato? I doubt it. I think that's a lot of fiction. I really do, man. I really do. I really doubt that you can pay a lobbyist firm to get the FDA to do something unethical. That may sound stupid out loud. As I say it out loud, it may sound silly because I've always thought, Oh, you know, oh, but they put Diet Coke on the, you know, so maybe you can. I don't know that this industry has enough money for that. Um, I don't know. If cigarettes couldn't fend them off, then we we have no shot in hell. I just want everyone to know that right now. Okay. When I, when I looked at the report and it was talking so much about, there were certain trigger words that I've read because I follow I have to follow that stuff for, you know, all the different parts of the industry that I have to write yes. for. And so it reminded me a lot of like the pre-argument before all the uh, electronic nicotine delivery system, e-cigarette stuff came and they were worrying about nicotine levels and all this other stuff. And it was all those like keywords that they were kind of using, like to me in that report that was like, oh, the nicotine levels, you know. And it was just weird for me like to read that and then to see all the different interpretations. So it was like, depending on who you were reading the interpretation from, it was like, this is a good report. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or there were other people who said, this is a completely bad report. Or this is a mixed bag. And I just read it and I was like, I kind of cringed a little bit because I was like, I can see how, I mean, it, the report's not supposed to be used to create policy, but I can easily see how they're going to be like, Cigars have just as much nicotine as a cigarette, so I, I, I can't. Gotta, I can't. We gotta, mark, can't we gotta regulate it. I, th there was no conclusion drawn, and that was my point. They didn't even have any real data. Um, the, the 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 what they're saying is, uh, yes, FDA, you should look into this more. You haven't done a study in a long time. You should do a study. I mean, so it looks like we bought ourselves years. Well, who the hell knows? Who knows, Antoine? You cannot control this stuff. No. Okay, you, you, you know, so look, cigarettes are still here. 
They're the worst product on the market. But they're still here. Pay a lot more for them now, but they're still here. So I'm a lot more confident that cigars aren't just going to up and go away. I always kind of felt like there was this magic time where cigars were going to go away. But I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like we've got a solid 5 to 10 years and 15 to 20 could be dicey. I don't know. But, you know, if if cigars were to be taken away, it wasn't because of Provada Cigar Club showing up in the ninth inning, uh, you know, uh, and hitting a couple grand slams. Like, it's not because of us. It's because of what the people who have been here all along have done and haven't done. And I think the haven't done part is is a bigger thing, man. We should create a study, a real study with a group like the National Academy of Sciences. Let's get them a thousand ex-cigarette smokers that now smoke cigars. Thousand people that never smoke cigarettes that now smoke cigars. Let's, you know, give them five years or 10 years of data. Let's see where we're at here. You know, let's see. All I can tell you is Dr. Gabby Caffey has a study. I don't know if it means anything or not, but, you know, the top 10 cigar companies, the owners smoke five to 10 cigars a day and they all live to an average age of 89. So half of them lived into their 90s. 89 is 11 years older than the average American mortality uh, age. So it's not, I'm not going to say it's good for you, but it's certainly not killing people like that. I run a company that's had over 20,000 members over the course of four years. Uh, every six months or so, I get an email saying I'm quitting because of health reasons. Of course, I investigate that. 99% of the time, the health reasons have to do with obesity and heart, not uh, throat, lungs, nose, any of that stuff. So um, I'm the biggest paranoid hypochondriac, and even I'm not freaking out on a regular basis. So I, I, I don't – I think the not inhaling part really does go a long way uh, physically. Right. And I think most cigar people don't want to inhale. <laughs> like uh, No. Right? Like No. You know, like Oh, my gosh. Be sick. Exactly. Like why would, you know, when I was reading that part of the report too, I was like, um, somebody who really knows about cigars would know you would not inhale. Ever. <laughs> like most people are inhaling are probably the, the first time cigar smoker who doesn't know that that's not what you're supposed to do. I've met, I've met some Cuban uh, cigar makers that inhale. Um, uh, Don Pepin supposedly inhales when he's blending. Supposedly takes it all in and reads it out and really gets a feel for the tobacco. I, I you know, uh, I have a friend, the Cuban guy that that he does inhale, and I beg him not to, uh, but he says that's just he's been doing it since he's a kid, and that's uh, so this isn't to inhale. We, we know that, right? Um, Next question, Antoine. <laughs> hey, so off of that question, you told me beforehand to ask you anything I wanted to, to get hard on you if I, I felt like we needed to. I don't want to go hard, but I want to ask. Take it easy I, over there. <laughs> I, I feel like if I don't ask, then it won't be a good interview. But yeah, I mean, you kind of look at all the drama from earlier this month, because I remember I asked you to come on the show. And then like a day later or maybe the same day, it was like all this drama. It. <laughs> all this drama just blew up. So I don't want to get into like, because I feel like people have probably heard this ad nauseum at this point, but here it is at the end of the month. When you look back at all that drama, like, do you have any takeaways? Like, do you, like, would you have reacted? Would, would the Brian of today gone back in time to the Brian of then and said, 
maybe we should respond differently or maybe we just ignore people or not respond at all. So I don't want, like I said, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of what happened because I figure people know what happened. People have followed the story, but in retrospect, how do you kind of interpret that whole dramatic <laughs> episode? Yeah, um, I watched the video that I put out, the uh, bad guy or whatever it's called. Um, and uh, of course, I still feel the same way, but I would have expressed it a little bit differently. Uh, mm -hmm. About four days later, I went back and watched it and my my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I said that out loud on camera and then published it. Holy <laughs> shit. This is not good. I could see where people would not like this guy. Um, so I, I no no regrets, right? Uh, but um, at the same time, yeah, of course I would have done that a little bit differently. My, my thing is, is the article, you know, it would be very easy to say that I'm paranoid. If you sat here with me every day during that time, it would be very easy to say I'm paranoid. And I saw a couple of comments call me a narcissist because I assumed certain things were about me. Okay. And I, all I can say to that is I can assure you there's not much narcissistic about me. Number one, this has never been about me. I never wanted to put my face on this. That's a whole nother story. I tried to keep this out of it because of the music. What I learned is you don't want, now I'm emotionally involved in this. Do you understand what I'm saying? I never wanted that. Okay. Um, but they were talking about me and using JSK, a flavored cigar. Well, the, the, the whole thing was to then attack Pravada and it came from the PCA who I've been emailing for years. And they never write back. I had a meeting with them a year or two ago been emailing them ever since. Dude, you guys are not doing this right. Let me show you this. Let me help you here for free. You got a guy coming up in your industry that's creating the most buzz and he's telling you, I want to give you that machine for free just because I care about this industry. And you don't even reply to the guy's emails. Hey, how about we make PCA look like it was actually fun for once? You want to know why your convention's dying? Because you got half look. Oh, hi, I'm, I'm here with. Uh, uh. No, you got to go in there with a multimedia crew. You got to make it look like the shit. You got to treat it like a nightclub, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I'll spew it out here because hopefully they'll take this advice because I want the best for everyone in this industry. But like we had a guy when we were promoting in New York. You would bring him to one of your shows to videotape. Even if there were 10 people there, he'd make it look like you missed out on the party, okay, That by not going. And, and that is how you market an event. It's monkey see, monkey do. Uh, nowadays at nightclubs, I didn't even realize this, half of the women that are there are part of a modeling agency. They're paid to be there, okay? This is how businesses where now we live in the most disgustingly over uh uh, uh instagramized um you know uh, materialized world possible so you gotta run with that you can't make it just a couple of old dudes huffing and puffing in a smoky room you know and and, and that's it when i went to your convention i left angry 
I'm looking at our side of the room. What do we have? A quarter of the room? <laughs> okay. I'm looking at our side of the room. And then I'm looking over here. Going, I want to fucking hang out over here. Look at what these people are doing. There's fun over here. There's action. There's, you, you know, some energy. You know, it, it made me angry. I actually went home and, and, and I, I was a little bitter for a few months. So Pravada is that, that convention made me realize that Pravada is, Pravada has to be that. No one's going to listen to me. No one's going to let me help them. They all want to keep doing things the way they're doing. So Pravada has to do it our way. Hopefully it's not too late, but it is what it is. It's going to be our time. Cigar public. It's happening. Hate to tell everyone it's happening, you know, uh, and I welcome you and other people to please contribute to Cigar Public because it's going to be the first of its kind. People are going to be able to contribute and everyone's going to be able to have a voice, including the PCA, Arturo Fuente, Half Wheel, whoever wants to contribute can contribute. And it's not going to be the Pravada show either. I'm setting it up and stepping back. I'll contribute some of my content. That's it. And I'll be in advertising. So I guess the, the problem, the, the thing that made me so emotional over that was, is because of things that we didn't know that they did know, there was an authority who's given a lot of money and influence over time to certain organizations having meetings, throwing the name out there. This is bad. This is bad. Well, let's attack like this. This was, this wasn't just, you know, the PCA woke up one day, decided to put out that article. Then half will one day. Woke, no, 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 no. This was, this is all a part of the same old guard. They communicate. There was absolutely talk of this. And I guarantee you parts of that machine don't even know that that happened, but it was so obvious. It was so obvious. And it was so obvious to me that they were talking to me. Caldwell's been doing what I do forever. He just hasn't hit that mark. You know, listen, he, his brand was very successful. Okay. But he never created that. We have 10,000 people just in Provada Cigar Club alone. We got another 6,000 in Farm Road and another getting close to 2,500 in Brian's box. When we're talking about 20,000 people online that are using social media like their followers don't. So this is making noise. This is creating animosity. This is creating a, 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 a probably more realistic fear of change. Okay. And people had conversations about us. Well, I don't like it because, it, you know, so, so. Listen, one day I'm not going to be the young stud, okay? There's going to be a new young stud, and I'm going to hate his fucking guts, but I'm going to make sure that I don't do what they did with me, okay? I'm going to make sure that. I wrote it down in a journal, and I'm going to make sure that I don't turn on someone just because they're newer, hotter, or whatever. I'm having my time now. There's no saying how long this lasts. When, you know, it's, le and, and, and by the way, their time is going on forever. They have a much bigger market than we do, uh, you know, all that stuff. But I see what's happening. I was warned against this. Once you get to a certain point, people are going to try to either box you into their way or figure a way to get you out or something. And basically what I, what I believe happened was that report was coming out. Like you said, there was a lot of anxiety over that thing. 
okay? Whether it was a collective thing or it was strategically done you know, by one group and then the others followed, what happened, what had happened was uh, these dudes were looking for someone just in case bad news came out to say, this guy's bringing heat on us. Now, what I didn't know at the time was, is that every section of that report had a meeting prior and that every section of that report for that meeting had notes taken on that meeting and a beautiful PDF with pictures and everything. And the one that talked about marketing to kids had Carlito Fuente's name all over it and his picture saying that he's influencing. You know who else it had all over it? Acid Cigars. These are all sponsors of Half Wheel. These are all big time people with the PCA. Okay. So they may have known about that report or not, but knowing that whole situation and that half of them are like sort of lawyers are there, at least DC people that do their homework and they're waiting with bated breath for this uh, 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 report to come out. And they're pr they probably knew about those notes. Someone had to know. My members just looking to come to my rescue weren't the only ones that found that PDF from minutes on the part about influencing uh, and cigars, okay? And so I was made to, I believe that I was being painted as a scapegoat and, and that's how I feel even now. I, yes, I, I, you know, maybe I was harsh, uh, uh, you know, but man, I'm here to have fun, man. I, look, I, I have respect for Carlito Fuente, of course. The guy's a fucking legend. The minute he calls me and says, hook it up, you know, or let's talk or let's work or come on, man. You see what I did with the Newmans, that interview with the Newmans is, is like the best interview that, the, 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 the I, you know, I, I, I pay for cash. I pay for this shit out of my pocket. I'm paying yeah, I was hundreds say, of now that you, now that you are setting out to create your media part of Provada, the Provada universe, as I want to call it, <laughs> which is always expanding. So as you're setting up, create that, that media, I think it will be good for you to reach out to some of these people who maybe have not had great things to say about you or who don't really understand you and try to, and then have a conversation like this, where it's an hour of you just not being combative with them or anything like that. And no, I'm like, no, 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 no. Trying to get to know like where, what their process is, because I think it happens to everyone. Like you said, anytime that there's something new in the industry, it's jarring because this is not this is a traditional this is a very traditional industry and they have a heart and it, a lot of people kind of struggle with the new stuff i mean when i first came into the industry in 2010 nobody wanted to do social media stuff <laughs> like they were just like what's the point like i I remember, I remember being told all the time like i don't need an instagram account what am i going to do post like what i have for breakfast and i'm like no like it's it's a completely different thing and now you see more companies are, are using Instagram, but you know, and, and now, you know, you and I, I think kind of understand this video format. I think you're a lot more successful at it than I am, but you know, the whole interviewing and the talking to people and, and the industry is just now getting there because of the pandemic. Like if it wasn't before the pandemic, you wouldn't see half these companies even doing virtual interviews or herfs and all that stuff. It, they would hundred percent. Hundred percent. I do. want you to know. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, I was gonna say. I would. I would just say, like, 
And I if you, want you the, the the provider, like I said, universe, I would encourage you to reach out to some of these people. Like encourage you to reach out to Fuente and get their story and ask them the questions that you want to ask them and reach out to Charlie because he's very open about speaking about whatever. I, I've um, spoken to Charlie, but Char- to me, to me, what Charlie do- did was inexcusable. Charlie's over to me. There's no re- there's no relationship to be had there other than hello, goodbye. Um, he made it very clear. Charlie's about paying his bill. Half wheel is about paying the bills now. Uh, this isn't the same half wheel it was six or 10 or 12 years ago. Um, that's my personal opinion on them, which I'm allowed to have. Okay. Um, but it's become very obvious in a number of ways. Um, that article was so damaging or could have been so damaging Antoine to me. Go back and read that. Read what they wrote about me. They painted me as the enemy of this industry. Anyone who would pick that up and read that without ever having known about Pravada beforehand has a nasty image. So to me, Half Wheel has done nothing but made this industry look boring, but they've also documented great cigars. And I do appreciate that. I learned a lot from them. Okay. But that, that relationship's never going to be open. If they want to contribute to a cigar public, of course they can. Anyone can. This isn't me being a gatekeeper. That's the difference between me and them. Okay. Is everything that what they wrote a review on a cigar and they talked about how relentless I am. I'm trying to feed you news, industry news, but you won't take the news because you have a set of rules that are outdated. Okay, don't cry to me when this new thing takes your spot now, too. Okay, so half well, I don't know about. I'd have to get an apology in a gift basket, okay, in order for that relationship to be mended. I'm not a fan anymore. That's over. Uh, And they'll never get another release from me again. Okay, they can see how much fun it is to cover the other cigar clubs. No offense to anyone. All right, and then, and then Fuente, 100%. I was hoping that my relationship with the Newmans would have curbed that shit way before any of this. I was hoping to get a call from Bobby or Eric or Drew and say, hey, young man, what's going on over there? Let me get let me plug this guy in on the third line and let's let's talk this out. I was hope it still hasn't happened. I was hoping he would even call me out directly because we knew he was talking about me. We knew he was talking about us. Okay. But that never happened either. And so am I going to pick up the phone and call him? Uh, Maybe at some point. I would like to. He has a lot of information that I want. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that he'll share it with me at this point. So I I don't know. Let me just tell you this. Same thing I told his sales rep when he came here to talk about doing a collaboration a year or two ago. Is the day Fuente and I do something together is the day we shut the fucking industry down. It will be Virgil Abloh and Louis Vuitton. It will be Off-White and Louis Vuitton smashing shit and creating a whole new industry. So I'm ready for that whenever, and I have the utmost respect for the man. I can understand where he might be a little peeved with me, um, but we can get past that. I'll kiss the ring on Instagram or something like that, and and we can move forward. Okay, I have like two more questions for you. Uh Um, One of those questions is, I think we all, if you follow you on Instagram or Pravada on Instagram, you see the hashtag, we are Pravada. Yeah. There's people who don't understand what that means. I've seen, <laughs> I've scrolled through your Instagram. I've seen comments in the video and they say, we don't understand what this, we are Pravada means. Like it seems weird. It seems this or that. Can you just explain to the world 
what do you mean when, or what does it mean when you see that hashtag yeah. Pravada? Because I think it's we're, important to, to put yeah, it out. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're a team. We're a family. We're a community. We really are. Um, I have so many friends that I would never have if it wasn't for this group. I know people that damn near all of their friends came from Pravada. Okay. Some of us, uh, you know, really needed Pravada in our lives. It's not uh, 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 anything that we're loyal to for any other reason other than uh, we all kind of help each other and communicate with each other. And Pravada is the only company that I can think of where the members actually dictate the buying decisions of the business. My members, and sometimes I don't always take the uh, 99% of the time for the past four years, I have taken any criticism, uh, no matter how much it hurt, written it down, digested it, and made changes to match those you know, critiques. And mind you, the whole time, 90% of the, of the people are, are thrilled. It's those five or 10% that have a, a gripe, and I try to match that. Very recently, something came up like that, and it was the first time where I ever had to say, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm not going to do that because, you know, I won't get into that here. But there were certain cigars in the beginning that we started with that are really either no longer available or the ones that are available suck. I am in pursuit of the best cigars. So that's where it starts. I'm in pursuit of the best cigars. The people that are in Pravada want to take that journey with me. It's not about the money. That's also different. You could take this away tomorrow. I'm good. House paid for. Life is good. I'm happy. Okay? This is about the passion. This is about finding the best cigars possible. So that's where it starts, right? Um, the, um, the, the, then comes the community, right? And once I saw that community forming, I dedicated my life to serving them. Now they are me. They're a part of me. So we're all in communication constantly in Discord, Facebook, Instagram, and by email. We take hundreds of emails a day. I spend two, three hours a day still to this day writing back, reading emails specifically for me, replying back to them specifically all in a day. You know, emails don't sit around here two, three days. Like this is ASAP. We're, we're a social media wet dream. Okay. And we're setting the tone. I even wrote a book on it for anyone that really wants to know what we are provided. It's called Real Communal Commerce. This is what I believe is the future of business on the internet. We will give our money to people that truly deserve it because they serve us a certain way. And it's niche based. Provada is not for the entire industry. It is niche. I don't know if we're capped out and we found all of our special Provada people or we could still double inside. I don't know, but I know that I'm happy with where things are now. And if anyone asks me, what does hashtag we are Pravada means? It means that you can be a part of a company that actually allows you to have a voice and friends. I mean, what other business do you know that you could join and you can get like a thousand new online friends overnight. All you got to do is put yourself out there and say, hey, I'm new to the club. And everyone's going to go, welcome. What's your name? What do you do? Oh, hey, does anyone live near, you know, uh, St. Louis? Yeah, I'm in St. Louis. I got a cigar lounge over here. Oh, shit. Let's meet. I mean, 
I have friends because of this thing. They have friends because of this thing. We are provider because we are the ultimate community in cigars. And um, there's power in numbers, man. And my final question for you to go off of, you said you wrote a book about communal e-commerce. Real communal commerce, not e-commerce per se, but real communal commerce, which is this act of serving your people. So if you had to give just two tips from that book to people listening to this or watching this or however they're consuming this, what would those two tips be? And maybe they're not the best tips because you want them to actually get the book. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what would those tips be to kind of leave off on that note? Yeah. Communication, number one. You have to communicate with your consumer. Uh, when I was a wannabe rock star and I went on a tour, right, and these fans would come up to me, I'd be like, I don't know, it was kind of awkward. Mm -hmm. I missed an opportunity, a huge opportunity, Antoine. I, someone would ask me for my autograph. This is the first time you've seen me. You're asking me for my what, what was it felt weird. I'm from New York. You don't do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm a New York City. I'm a cool kid. You know, like it was so foreign to me and I missed an opportunity. Regardless of my career, I missed an opportunity to know people everywhere and to have friends everywhere. I was young and there was a lot going on. But I realized I missed the opportunity. That's why we think critically and the opportunity was i could have kept in communication with these people and i did it okay um because i was so focused on like hanging out with some celebrity party or something right so communication is key man the minute i got my first thank you i was like what you're thanking me i sold you something and you're thanking me i came from the auto transport business no one leaves happy it's the worst business in the world it's just the way it's designed the truck driver disappears and we're all screwed, uh, left holding the bag. So, um, and they're never on time because it's traffic. It's the real world. It's a truck. It's a semi-tractor trailer with your car on the back going, uh, you know, 2,300 miles across. The chances of them getting there Monday at 8 a.m. are, there's, it's not going to happen. So I came from a business where there was no thank you. So the first thank you I got, I was like, I want to know about you. And because I traveled with the music, it was like, oh, I live up in, um, you know, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Oh, shit. I played the Holiday Inn up there. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, shit. Oh, you used to tour with Rehab. Like, so it, instantly it was, it was friendly along the way. And I guess the word on that spread, people started to be like, yo, this isn't just buying cigars. Like this guy, like, and then I put my face on it. Uh, Brian Glenn, shout out to Brian Glenn, OG YouTuber. Um, you know, he, he, he put me on, um, uh, 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 CO live and I was on the way home. I got hammered with him. You should go back and watch it. It's funny as hell. Uh, uh, um, on the way home, my wife called me and she's like, our membership just doubled. And that's when I was like, okay, I guess they, people want to put a face to the product. Right. So that's what that's when I started getting out in front of the camera, which is something I was very comfortable doing from all the music stuff. So communication, number one and number two, uh, uh, actually taking the feedback and doing something with it. It's very easy to send out a, a questionnaire and no one ever really, you know, it's these companies are so corporate. They get the questionnaire, the agency that they hired 
you know, looks it over. Then they forward it on to HR that forwards it on to none of these people own the company. None of them give a shit. Nothing ever changes. Okay. When you give me feedback, things can change as long as I can critically think about it and go, okay. And that's why I've had a lot of people, Oh, don't listen to that comment. Don't listen to this guy. Doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. It's just one guy. Yeah. But he's not the only one that feels that way, or she's not the only one that feels that way, you know? Um, so communicate and, and use the feedback. Well, I think those are two great tips. And I think you, in that last kind of question, you gave a lot of different advice that we all can follow um, with regardless of what uh, our job entails. So I want to thank you for sharing. And I want to thank you also for being so candid today, because I think hopefully people who are watching this will learn more about you and they get to learn, know about the person behind Provada Cigar Club and uh, I think they, I think they know too much already. I, <laughs> I, all I do is get on video and, and, and talk. I mean, I am who I, you know, one thing I want to say is that who I am on camera is who I am. And, and a lot of people come and meet me or we talk or Jeremy Sires, you know, it's, it's, I really, I'm, I am the person that you see on camera. I'm very comfortable on camera. I have no, you know, uh, there's no uh, fear of saying things that I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, the kind of person who says things that are offensive typically. So I'm never worried about saying anything the wrong way. I, I come from a good place. I always want to see people do good. And I've tried to add value to every brand that I've ever worked with. So, um, you know, Antoine, I think the industry needs to know how important you are for this industry. Uh, <laughs> and that I would have hired you if I could have afforded you. <laughs> and, um, and I just, you know, I think we're blessed to have you. You are, uh, you know, one of the few true journalists and uh, passionate, uh, you know, cigar media people in this industry. Uh, you don't choose sides. You don't take things personal. You don't do things out of personal, you know, disdain or whatever. And uh, we, we need a lot more of that. Well, thank you. And I appreciate all of that. And I, I try. <laughs> so, um, like I said, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank all of the Pravada. I see a whole bunch of Pravada people who have been commenting the whole show and uh, <laughs> shout out to all my people. Hashtag we are Pravada. I love you guys so much, man. Thanks for tuning in and thank you for commenting. And if you're watch, if you watch this late, leave, um, Antoine a comment, subscribe to him, like his page. He's a good dude. Uh, and I'm sure he'll have a ton of great people on here. And he's also the reason. Uh, you know, well, I don't know if the reason, but, you know, he, uh, I think, helped us get nominated for Tobacco Businessman of the Year, uh, which hopefully will get nominated again this year. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but, you know, people got to pay bills. I get it. It is what it is. But um, that was an honor uh, for all of us. So thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Like I said, you've always been uh, one of the easiest people to get in touch with, which is great for a media person like myself. <laughs> and uh, has been very responsive. So I appreciate that. And uh, like I said, I appreciate all of your different providers. I'm looking at the, the list of people here who've been watching and commenting the whole show. Awesome. They said that I'm blessed really the show. So um, thank I'm you blessed. all for watching. And for those of you watching in, uh, in playback mode and are listening to this, uh, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, make sure you hit the like button or the follow button. Um, we have shows. Uh, we've been doing it twice a week. We have another show at the end of this week on Thursday with uh, Pedro from Drew Estate. So it'll be another heavy hitter to kind of 
uh, end out this this month, which has been crazy busy, but uh, I've enjoyed it and I've enjoyed getting to know people like Brian. Uh, have an hour and 11 minute conversations with you all because I usually don't get that luxury. So um, thank you again for, for watching and thank Brian for coming on and everybody for, for listening and tuning in. And uh, I will see you all back here on Thursday. And if you have not seen um, uh, Deep Cuts before, there's 76 other nice. episodes that you can nice. watch on cutslive.com. So all 76 episodes are on there. Um, so have fun. <laughs> all right. Um, Take care, Antoine. Thank you. Thank you.